It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who's in and who's out? What's the outlook on Chase Young and Carson Wentz? And which commanders will lead the team to victory against the Houston Texans? Sending you into the weekend live on Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison, and my co-host sitting right next to me is Chris the Rooster Russell. Both of us, credential members of the media covering your Commanders Chris is doing it for the Team 980, where he and Pete Methurst can be found live 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on the daily Monday through Friday or anytime on the Odyssey app. And you can find me at Commander Country, where I'm writing about your commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. All right, David. Uh, indeed. Welcome aboard, everyone. We appreciate you being with us. This episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast is presented by our friends at Simply Safe. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders being brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security with fast protection technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24-7 monitoring agents capturing evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more coming up our biggest confidence and concern points for the commanders heading into a week 11 matchup already with the Houston Texans coming up in Houston, Texas on Sunday afternoon. But first we need to dive into the final injury report of the week, David, and it's good news. And it's not so good news. Really. I guess there's never any good, good news when guys are forced to miss out. And in this particular case, it's Cole Holcomb for fourth consecutive game, JD McKissick for a third straight game. And now added to the mix, young rookie tight end Armani Rogers with a knee and an ankle that kind of uh, peaked up here uh, almost out of nowhere. And those are the three guys that have been ruled out by Ron Rivera. Uh, We know already that Carson Wentz is not going to play. We'll get to that in a sec. Jonathan Williams, Christian Holmes, the rookie cornerback, seventh-round pick, and David Mayo, who's missed a bunch of games here, uh, they are all listed as questionable. One positive, I suppose, note for the commanders, I guess, I think, is that the Houston Texans will be without number three overall pick, LSU cornerback Derek Stingley, as he had a hamstring injury, was limited on Wednesday, out Thursday and Friday, and he's been ruled out for the game. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, you know, we don't celebrate injuries and all that stuff, but obviously, but from a, from a strategic standpoint, obviously the, the Houston Texans being without Derek Stingley, uh, even though he hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire here in his rookie season, still a talented cover corner and someone who Cody Davis of locked on Texans podcast, going back to our crossover, Chris, he was hoping to see Derek Stingley get matched up a little bit against Terry McLaurin. Again, not having, you know, the season that Ahmad sauce Gardner is having for the New York jets, but he kind of felt like, this was a, a, an opportunity for Stingley to kind of show that he belongs in the NFL. If he could hang a little bit with uh, Scary Terry, I think I think Terry would have welcomed the rookie challenge that the Houston Texans <laughs> threw in front of him. So maybe Derek Stingley actually dodging a bullet there. Uh, but yeah, you know, you hate to see Cole Holcomb uh, missing another game. You know, he returned to practice. Uh, you know, kind of sorta. It's a, it's a good step forward. Uh, obviously for him, JD McKissick uh, is obviously a guy that you want to see if you can. Armani Rogers. Kind of a surprise, but remember, he was on the stationary bike during practice earlier in the week. And I mean, the coaches were asked about it, kind of downplayed it. But even when they downplayed, it, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, ah, you know, that that might be a little bit more uh, than something. I'm a little surprised to see Christian Holmes out there. But all in all, I mean, you want to see all the players out there. Right. And of course, Cole Holcomb is a guy that's that brings a lot of excitement to the field when he's when he is present. But I think you're still confident going into this game with the guys that they do have. Yeah, absolutely. And for everybody that's asking questions about Chase Young, look, he's not likely to play. As we uh, do this show live on Friday afternoon, and obviously it might change over the next 24 to 36 hours, but here's what Ron Rivera told the media on Friday at uh, Command Center uh, or Command Central or whatever they're calling it these days in Ashburn, uh, Virginia, and that is that Chase could be activated off of the IR on Saturday by 4 o'clock yeah. Eastern, which is the deadline in which to do so. However, it's not a guarantee, even if he was activated, that he would actually play on Sunday. That would be, quote-unquote, a game-time decision. I don't know why you would activate him if, quite honestly, if he's not going to play, but I guess you could activate him because you have to activate him at some point over the next three or four days anyway. Really, the yep. deadline is the end of business on Tuesday, David, because we're coming to the three-week window, which is actually on Wednesday. I mean, you know, look, the the way that the NFL works, I guess if you're if you're activating him Saturday, he's going to travel, right? He's traveled all the games anyway. Like he's Chase is going to be in Houston. I think if you're going to activate him you're going to activate him to make lovey smith and the houston texans coaching staff do a little bit extra work trying to prepare to have number 99 on the field whether he's going to be there or not and then give them only an hour and a half's notice or so uh, yeah. that he's not actually going to be on the field because i mean you can do a whole bunch of things you can put him in a jersey and send him out there with armani rogers and curtis hodges to warm up before the game with the trainers and do some exercises and you can even have him run out there in a jersey and all this other stuff like he's going to play and then an hour and a half out Okay, he's on the inactive list and he's not actually playing. But you made the Houston Texans focus on number 99 instead of spending that time focusing on whatever else they would have focused on. So, I mean, there's a strategic angle to it, but I still don't think from what I've seen, from what we've heard as well, I don't think you're seeing him till Atlanta, um, honestly, at the earliest. And and honestly, you might not even see him in Atlanta. The, the, the more this team wins and the more this defense continues to stand mm -hmm. up against opponents, honestly, the commanders, it just gives them more room to to kind of be patient with chase so we'll see how yeah. that goes uh, a little bit more on carson wentz he's continuing to throw but again hasn't been designated uh to return therefore he hasn't been able to really right. participate in practice in uh the full swing chris I, I mean look is this taylor heineke's job to lose right now or is carson still the starter as he was brought in to be 
I still think this is a week by week referendum. I think if Heineke and the commanders lose and he plays poorly, Carson, if he's medically cleared to return to practice next week, we'll start against the Atlanta Falcons. I think the only way Heineke avoids the so-called quarterback guillotine, if you will, is if he plays well and if they win or if they lose and it's not determined or not obviously uh, his fault. And one other last thing real quickly about Chase Young, uh, and and we clap in Eagles cheeks, I think is how you say his yeah. name. Uh, we appreciate you being live with us and everyone that's live with us. He points out something good that I, I think we talked about earlier this week, but maybe we didn't, yeah. that the Texans have field turf, uh, and, and, you know, and, and that wouldn't be good in, in a game back. I was at that stadium in 2014, and I remember – uh, that field was completely torn up when they were uh, using natural grass, but kind of indoors. There were just huge chunks missing yeah. as I walked on the grass after the game. So, uh, you know, clearly they had to do something. They went to field turf and everybody's kind of trying to avoid field turf as much as possible. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think I think it's definitely one that the commanders are aware of as well. I talked to uh, a few players, including Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson Jr., who before Indianapolis actually told me that he hates playing on turf yeah. and then now going to Houston. I uh, just kind of reiterated that. But of course, he's going to go out there and ball uh, the best way that he can. And we're going to continue on the best way that we can, uh, giving our final game preview here. Washington Commanders getting set to take on the Houston Texans in Houston. Bowl predictions, what we're confident in, what we're concerned about coming up and i'll tell you something chris that i'm a little bit concerned about is getting stuck in black friday crowds because those black friday crowds can be super uncomfortable not just how congested they are but let's be honest people are just kind of rude in that kind of a holiday moment as it were but you know what shopping for tommy john's while you're sitting on your couch on black friday uh, or sitting in your bed or wherever you happen to be sitting not uncomfortable in fact it's super duper comfortable And when you give your loved ones tommy john they're that much more comfortable so they can do everything better and right now tommy john's black friday sale is happening you can give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list including yourself because why not treat yourself a little bit this holiday season with brand new tommy john underwear loungewear and pajamas over eight million of these things have been sold that's why tommy john doesn't have customers they have fans celebrate softness this season with the gift of tommy john underwear loungewear and pajamas every gift is backed by tommy john's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee shop tommy john's black friday sale going on right now get 30 percent off site wide when you use these sites tommyjohn.com slash locked on it's not a promo code it's 30 percent off everything now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on one more time tommyjohn.com slash locked on see the sites for details is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast they'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 nfl draft check out mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
All right, thanks again for making the Lockdown Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view each and every day for your second listen today and second view. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast with Peter Bukowski and friends from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We've got bold predictions uh, coming up, but first we're going to share what we're most confident in, what we're most concerned about pertaining to the commanders heading on the road. And it's not a short road trip like it was last Monday night to Philadelphia, but it is a short week as they go to Houston. David, what are you most concerned in, uh, con- confident in, I should say, confident in when it comes to the commanders uh, and uh, the Houston Texans going on the road again to NRG Stadium? Yeah, I'm, I'm most confident, honestly, in this rushing attack going up against the Houston Texans run defense. Uh, going back to the crossover, looked it up. The Houston Texans are last in the league in rush defense right now. I asked Cody Davis of Locked On Texans if those stats, if their record 1-7-1 and one, is truly indicative of who they are as a team. And he said emphatically, yes, the Houston Texans are a 1-7-1 and one team and the worst rush defense in the National Football League. Go back to Brian Robinson Jr. I asked him about facing his former Alabama Crimson Tide teammate, Christian Harris, who's now a linebacker for the Houston Texans. He got a very sly smile on his face when asked about facing his former teammate. I'm just going to leave it uh, at that. So he is looking forward to this matchup, Chris. I'm looking forward to this matchup because I think you can essentially take what they did against Philadelphia Eagles Do it again in Houston in better weather conditions. Granted, you're indoors on the turf, so hopefully that doesn't spell doom uh, for anybody. And look, you can't do this forever, right? You can't just run the ball 40 times with your top two backs Mm -hmm. every single week, but you can do it twice in a row against this Houston Texans defense. Yeah, I I think they're definitely obviously right for the picking. The numbers would tell you. The eyes would tell you. Everything would tell you. Here's my concern. I don't know if this style is sustainable in terms of sustainable, like every game, the whole game, uh, with the kind of success that you need if your defense doesn't create the turnovers that they got uh, against a much better team and a much better offense and in a much more intimidating atmosphere. You know, but David, if it... Like everybody talks about how great the commanders were on Monday night in terms of offense, and they were fantastic in the first half. But really in the second half, if 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 you kind of look at it and if we're being honest, they didn't do as much. They they, they yeah. only had one drive in the third quarter, and that was a field goal. And they had a field goal in the fourth quarter, but they also mixed in an interception and two punts, right? So there wasn't a lot there on the bone. They they certainly didn't have a ton of yards in the second half of last week. And again, that is a better defense, but also one that is susceptible, if you will, against the run. And, and quite honestly, they were, as we know. So is this sustainable? Um, and, and I don't think it is. And, and that's the problem here. And this is where I'm going with this. I don't know if it's built to sustain success. They are going to need more in the passing game. And I'm I, I like I'm confident that they will try and run the football. I just don't know if they're going to be able to solely depend on it and live on that. So that's what I'm yeah. I'm confident in, which I know is weird. Uh, what I'm confident most in that this is not sustainable. No, I, right. I absolutely exactly. hear you. Yeah, and I, I should I should phrase it that way. Confident <laughs> that this is not sustainable. Uh, yeah. Full game, full game. Now every week as your yeah. main DNA. 
And look, you know, I had I had this conversation. Actually, there's a commanders, uh, there's a commanders fan that were where I was this morning. I had this exact conversation with them as well. And look, I, I I agree with you as far as being a sustainable attack every single week. No, I don't think you can do it. You're going to face defenses that are going to stop that, and you're going to have to rely on your passing game. I just think this week the Houston Texans. I think you can still do it uh, at least one more time. But to your point, Chris, at one point in time, the Washington Commanders were 12 of 16 on third downs that's great they finished 12 of 21 so that kind of tells you where things bogged down just a little bit in in the second half but ultimately you get the win so again i think houston you can still do it you can still get the win there now next week against the atlanta falcons a whole new story we'll talk about that my biggest concern here chris is actually that i think the houston texans are essentially going to try to do to the commanders what the commanders Mm -hmm. did to the eagles and what i think they're going to try to do to them and that's run the ball or at least get the running backs involved. Damian Pierce is possibly the most electric rookie uh, offensive player when you look at draft status, draft draft location, and what they're doing in the league. Damian Pierce is leading the way for the Houston Texans. I asked Jack Del Rio uh, about him, kind of set up the opportunity for Jack Del Rio to maybe say some, some spicy words about him. He didn't. He just praised him, which I think is well-deserved. But the Texans also brought in Eno Benjamin, who a lot of people haven't heard a lot about Eno Benjamin, but he had a really good standout kind of couple of weeks for the Arizona Cardinals. And then they had a falling out that I hear is really great television. If you watch the end season hard knocks episode where he gets released, uh, but he ends up getting waived by the Cardinals. The Texans pick him up. They have the number one waiver wire uh, selection. Trust me, plenty of people are going to pick him up. I think the Texans are going to come out and they're going to look to get Damian Pierce and, Eno you know, Benjamin involved very, very early. My concern here is we haven't really seen the commander's defense go up against a team that's going to potentially use running backs as in the many various ways. This isn't just simply Damian Pierce through the eight mm-hmm. gap, Damian Pierce off the edge. No, they split him out wide. They move him. They do screens. They they run him through the slot. They do a lot of things. And we haven't even seen them use Eno Benjamin. And granted, not going to be a full you know package for Eno, but there's going to be some things I expect uh, that they do with him. So if the Houston Texans can catch the commander's defense a little unaware early on and put some points on the board, I just wonder how that's going to shift the offensive game plan moving forward. Yeah, and that always, you know, sometimes you could have the right game plan and you your guys up front could do a good job pushing and penetrating and creating pressure in the backfield. But if you miss a tackle, you know, if and he bounces one outside, you know, that could be a problem, uh, obviously, as well. All right, so for me, my biggest concern is the commanders got four turnovers last Monday night. We know turnovers and creating them were a problem early in the year when they went a long stretch really without creating them. And quite honestly, they lost a bunch of those games. Uh, So if the commanders don't get turnovers on Sunday against Davis Mills and uh, the rest of the Houston Texans offense, uh, and and obviously they have some guys that can hurt you. You just talked about uh, two of them and uh, we'll see what happens with the wide receivers. Uh, you know, I, I think if they don't get those turnovers, will they have the cushion if things go haywire on offense? And if they can't, again, run the football like everybody thinks they're going to be able to. So I don't expect you to get four turnovers, but I need you to get two turnovers. If they yeah. don't get them, I don't know if they can win this game, even though it's against the one-win Texans. All right, coming up, our picks for Sunday in H-Town against the one-win Lovey Smith-led Houston Texans. That is next. But first, guys, our friends at betonline.net, they have all sorts of great information for you, all sorts of props, all sorts of odds, every game on the board from college football to the NFL 
uh, primetime, all the in-game live action, and it is available for you again at Bet Online. Get the latest odds, trends, again, every sport. The World Cup starts on Sunday. Team USA plays on Monday. So you want to get involved in that action? Go and do it. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those too at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Bet online. It's where we play. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, wrapping up this live final pregame preview. Houston Texans hosting the Euro Washington Commanders. The Commanders looking to get yet another win this season. Go over 500. That would be that would be absolutely amazing. Let's see that at this point in the season. We're going to go over our key players, and we're going to make some predictions real quick. Shout-out to everybody joining us live. And, of course, shout-out to all of you who join us uh, post-recording in, in YouTube and, of course, in the audio format where we've been for the longest. We love all of you. Appreciate all of you, Chris, key players, who do you have in burgundy and gold that is going to be a huge factor in whether or not this team gets a win this weekend? All right, so for me, this is going to be a guy that hasn't really done much because of injury. Um, I think over the last year and a half, I was writing about this for Command Post Magazine uh, earlier this week. Uh, he missed um, 12 games last year, and he's missed three already this year, and he just hasn't been right. But maybe, just maybe, Logan Thomas is starting, starting to get back to Logan Thomas. David, I need him to be Logan Thomas from 2020, not Logan Thomas, who had various injuries. Again, three different injuries that knocked him out for groupings of games twice last mm -hmm. year. Of course, we know he came back from the torn ACL, suffered in early December in Las Vegas to start in week one. He was really good, I thought, in week one against Jacksonville. A couple of big third down catches, catches that led directly to touchdowns, including the game winner uh, to Terry McLaurin. Uh, or, or the go-ahead touchdown, I guess it was at that point, uh, to Terry McLaurin. But we haven't seen much of him since. He did have a touchdown in Detroit in Week 2. They were targeting him. Remember, Carson went through an interception in the third quarter to him mm -hmm. on a crossing round. But then it was kind of quiet against Philadelphia, quiet against Dallas, and then he got hurt with the calf, and that set him back, and he missed three games. So now he's been back for a couple of games. I think he's been targeted seven times with only two catches over the last two games. I look for Logan Thomas to kind of have maybe not a breakout game, but with all the attention that is going to be focused, especially without Stingley on Terry McLaurin and maybe Jahan Dotson, that yeah. should leave the middle of the field open for Logan Thomas. To me, I want to see him have, let's call it five catches. And if you can give me 60 yards, that would be awesome yeah that would be great to see from logan thomas look last last week post game after the monday night football win did stock up stock down and logan thomas was unfortunately one of my stock down guys not because he's necessarily doing anything poorly just because like you said chris there really hasn't been a whole lot of involvement mm -hmm. want to see logan thomas look team captain great guy in the locker room you want to see him get back involved so absolutely a key player there 
for the Washington Commanders. My key player is Brian Robinson Jr. I harped on the running game. Um, I said I think this is going to be kind of a copy-paste moment. So if, if that's going to be the case, then Brian Robinson Jr. obviously is going to kind of lead the way, not necessarily statistically, but at least in, in forms of setting the tone. And what I mean by that is you force defenses to collapse on that big running back abusing you uh, up the middle. And what it does is open up opens up the edge for guys like Antonio Gibson, tires out that defense to let them really kind of gash them. And it opens up some of those holes in the zones. Look, some a lot of those times you see holes as wide open as you did in the zone against Philadelphia Eagles. These guys are tired, man. And they're getting back in their zone. And when they react, they're, they're not getting the break that they usually get. They're taking an extra false step because they're tired or they're not closing down as fast as they usually can. That's where you get those big opportunities. The Houston Texans, Lovey Smith, notorious for sticking with zone coverages, Tampa 2 coverages, to his own demise. I've seen it in Tampa firsthand. Um, those opportunities are going to be there, and they're going to be set up by some punishing runs by Brian Robinson Jr. Chris, one more note on, on B-Rob. Last week in the press box, I don't know about at home, but in the press box, we're all kind of sitting there saying, B-Rob's like five or six runs from breaking one, we felt like. I asked Brian about that. He said he felt it too, and he was really, really wanting it. He said he feels a big one coming. That's He truly feels that in his bones. He feels a big one coming. The commanders would love to see it uh, in Energy Stadium against the Houston Texans. Well, one one more note about that one. It, it, there is no doubt that he ran with more, I don't want to say reckless abandon, but more mm. punishment, intent. more downhill, more yeah, more aggressiveness, more intensity, whatever you want. I mean, clearly he's feeling better, more comfortable, what have you. And he ran hard and he broke tackles and he spun and he had that forward lean. You could see that on TV. You could see that on tape. I know you saw it in the press box in Philadelphia. So certainly against this weak Houston Texans run defense, you certainly hope to see him break a big one. And if they do, you know, that's going to go uh, a long way. Uh, my bold prediction uh, while we move into that part of the show, David, is this. The commander's defensive line, which we know is the strength of their team overall, uh, and certainly the strength of their defense, they are going to force two holding calls and rack up two sacks against first-round pick Kenyon Green, number 15 overall. Uh, every time I see him on red zone and 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 tape and, and watching the Texans, he's committing a penalty. I know he's a first-round pick. I know he'll probably figure it out uh you know playing with Laramie Tunzel and so on and so forth the Texans obviously know what they have to do to protect their young quarterback and the open holes for the running game but it just seems like he gets a bunch of penalties uh the middle of that line uh AJ Khan and Quisenberry aren't very good either according to the PFF grades uh and, and when you again watch them so um, you know, better in run blocking than pass protection. But Kenyon Green specifically, I think, will be abused by that commander's defensive line. Yeah. Uh, and and look, that's what you pay those guys for. That's yep. you know, like it's it's one thing to to be good in games like this. You almost have to dominate and you have to almost control everything from the outset. Yeah, look, Davis Mills holds the football. I mean, that dude, I don't think I've, I haven't watched every game, but I watched a lot leading up to this weekend. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen him throw the ball away once in, in the games that I've watched. Uh, and I confirmed that with a good friend of mine in the Houston Texans media circle that he does love to hold the ball. And something's going to help those passers get home dominant defense on the back end, uh, Mr. Or miss Clappin in the, in the live chat, bringing up uh, the Washington Commanders' safeties, Defoe and cam curl one and two, 
uh, in, in the in the safety ranking so far, Bobby McCain, number five, but moving up into the slot, right? And I'm super excited. That was that was a great move last week. Super excited to see that continue uh, this week. Derek Forrest uh, definitely making a name for himself. And, now, of course, everybody always loves uh, Cam Curl. So those guys will certainly help your bowl prediction come to fruition uh, as Kenyon Green has to sit there while his quarterback holds the ball to peril. So my bowl prediction, you guys already know I'm high on B-Rob in this game. But look, Antonio Gibson needs to get some love. In this thing too has been just as impactful or not actually more impactful really from a total season standpoint but i think it's gonna be just as important both of these guys both commanders primary running backs brian robinson antonio gibson they're both getting 100 scrimmage yards on Ooh. sunday chris that is my bold prediction now we got to move to score predictions bet online our friends our buddies have the commanders winning this thing by three points in houston in the crossover i dropped my score prediction the commanders cover i've got washington winning this thing 24 to 17. Okay. You think it's going to be a little higher scoring than I do. Uh, listen, I really want to buy into everything that you've said. And you're, I think you're right about the run defense and the run offense and Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. There's just something that I fear about a letdown in this game, not having the same intensity level that you had last Monday night, division game, primetime, Monday night football, uh, everybody count down. In this game, everybody's picking you to win. You're still an inconsistent sure. offense. You have opportunities. I'm not suggesting that they can't potentially hit on a couple of big plays and roll up 24 or more points. I mean, hell, I, I hope that's what we're talking about on Sunday night following this game. I just don't I, – I don't – until I see it, David, I can't pick it. Yeah. I'm going to pick the command. – I'm going to pick commanders to win, but I think this is a uh, uh, <laughs> nail-biter on yeah. Sunday. I think we're 13-10-ish is what I'm going to say. I think a lot more tighter and more low-scoring. Uh, and maybe it'll help that Stingley is out, so maybe it'll be higher than I thought. But 13-10 is my, what my gut tells me. 13-10 yeah. commanders, which means if it is that score, a push on the line. Uh, but, you know, right. most importantly, it would be a win, and it would be above 500 for the first time since after week one. Yeah, look, the commanders are still undefeated when the rooster picks them. So you can take that to the bank. And they're undefeated when I wear my Neapolitan Air Force Ones. Chris, you know how I am with my oh, sneakers. Yeah. When I wear my Neapolitan Air Force Ones, the commanders are undefeated. I'm wearing those things in Houston. A member of the commander's organization actually re requested it, so I'm making that happen. Neapolitan Air Force Ones happening in Houston. There's no way was, Washington was, was it Taylor Heineken? Was it Taylor Heineken? It was not Taylor. Oh, you okay. picked them. I'm wearing the Air Force Ones. I mean, it's already done. It's already over. I don't even know why Houston's going to show up. There, there you go. David off to Houston where the commanders will take on the Houston Texans. Uh, real quickly, um, uh, we'll end, unfortunately, on a sad note. The commanders are doing the right thing. Uh, they will wear the numbers 1, 15, and 41 on the back of their helmets to honor the lives of the three UVA football players that were murdered uh, last Sunday night by uh, a former UVA football player honoring the life and the legacy of Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry. Obviously, we joined the Virginia community uh, in uh, in our sorrow, in our grief, and in our good thoughts and prayers. And I think the commanders are doing a very smart, wise, and honorable and noble uh, thing here to honor the lives that were lost at the University of Virginia. All right, David, that's going to do it for us. Thanks again, everybody who joined us live and who's watching also uh, not live, uh, I guess back on rewind, as they would say. But thank you for making us 
the Locked On Commanders podcast, your first listen and or view of the day. Again, for your second listen and view, check out Locked On Sports Today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, uh, YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcast. If you want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. For my partner, David Harrison, covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Ned her show on the team 980 Monday through Friday, nine to noon. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.